0: It's time for
1: Hillbilly Has-Beens. Now here's Darren and Dave. Hey, welcome everybody to the fifth episode of Hillbilly has I'm Darren Smith and this is Dave Dunkley. Say hi, Dave. Hello, everybody. How's it going, D? How you feeling, my brother? You know, I feel a lot better. I'm back from the land of the dead. I, uh, Oh, man, I'll tell you what, there for a while there, man. Uh, it's a doggy dog world and I'm
2: wearing milk bone underwear. I'll tell you that. All right. yes it sounded like it man I'm glad you're I'm glad you're back
1: good I'm to see you. feeling a little better now
2: feel a little better you know what today
1: we're gonna oh I want to thank everybody too
2: for their birthday
1: wishes and their get well wishes sorry we had to take a week off but you know that's how it goes sometimes when you're dealing with weird illnesses and stuff I still don't really know what happened but I guess it'll now that it's over with it doesn't really matter so it's all, it's all good now. But uh, yeah, Dave, I turned sixty. Can you believe that? Sixty Did you really?
2: Old. That's awesome, man. That's crazy. I was Did so sick know. I didn't even know. <laughs> you just woke up and you were sixty.
1: Uh, yeah, I woke up sixty years old, man. Well, I'm glad you've made it, my friend. I'm right behind you. Uh, I know, but well, sixty. I never thought I'd make it this far. That's double <laughs> what I thought I'd make it. <laughs> right. Well, today <laughs> we're going to talk about. Well, it's going to call it story time. Just gonna tell some stories about stuff that you may not know. Some of you may know. Some of you may have been there. Just you know, with the the main things that I remember from from being on the road. One story is is that I remember is that we got invited to the White House, and and not just the White House, the White House. EJ was Tim's security guy, and uh, he used to. Be a Secret Service guy for I think Bill Clinton, wasn't it?
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, it was on the Clinton staff, yes,
1: yeah. So he got us hooked up for a special tour. Uh, Tim had something else to do, so it, it's just the band went and uh, so we went and toured the White House and we saw all the paintings and went through everything, and and uh, it was just amazing. And so the, the Secret Service guy was taking us through everywhere. And he takes us into the Oval Office. I couldn't believe we're standing in the Oval Office. You know, the president, he was there, but I think he was upstairs and uh, getting ready to leave, I believe, uh, on the helicopter. And uh, so the, all of a sudden the Secret Service guy goes, hold oh, on, I got to go do something. Y'all just hang out for a little while. I'll be right so you're back. you're alone?
0: Yeah, you're we're alone, alone, in, the- alone
1: in, the, in the Oval Office. <laughs> And he says, the only thing I can tell you is don't sit in the chair at the desk. Don't sit at the desk. Well, well, of course, you know, first thing we did when you left was sit at the desk. You know? <laughs> yeah, so so he left and we're just in there. And, of course, you know, now you could never do that, you know, ever. That would have never happen.
2: What if the chair was like, what if it was like Austin Powers and, you know, it opened up and the shark was right there? You sh- shouldn't have sat in the chair there. And that's we tried. we tried to tell you, man.
1: <laughs> or just a voice, like a voice came out like God, going, "Get out of my chair!" <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then you know it was funny because I had to use the restroom, and I actually used the Bill Clinton famous Monica no Lewinsky
2: restroom. Yeah, no kidding.
1: Didn't know it right. at the time, but it's kind of weird. Right.
2: I bet there's a lot of stories around that restroom. A lot of a lot of administrations had some stuff. I bet. On. I think that's where LBJ was doing the, you know, uh, dictation to the secretary. (laughs) Why he's going to the bathroom. And we'll just leave that right.
1: (laughs) I could have been, but that was a, that was something. And I remember we went down and uh, we were, we were trying to get like, I think they were calling to see if Bill or some of them, or one of the family members could come down and say hi. And it was like, well, um, who's, is it Tim there? Uh, well, no, it's just the band. So they sent Socks the Cat down. <laughs> so we got to meet Socks the Cat.
2: That's funny. <laughs> you know, Socks was going. This is bull. Why'd <laughs> you sending me down here for this stuff?
1: Yeah, who cares? <laughs> McGraw
2: ain't there. What do we want to meet the band for? You know, you know, I wasn't there, right? Do you re- did you remember that part? No, you weren't there. No, this was in the when I was in the cusp of being in the band and being in the crew. So I can remember you guys went that day, and I was in the band about three or four songs at that point. I was getting so close to being in the band, but um, I can remember you guys going, and I was shining Billy samples. You know, I'm not going. This ain't right, man. I should be. I should be at the White House. This is okay. But you know, there was that little point where I had to get through the through the crew guy part. It was
1: funny because me and John Marcus kind of, I guess, we hung out on that. We walked through and. We were looking, went through the red room, the green room, all these, and they had uh, all these paintings, you know, of different presidents up there and everything. Right. And we looked, at, we looked at all the famous presidents, and we never said a word. Not a word was said. And we get to Ronald Reagan, and it, we just looked at each other. And went, well, <laughs> that's all that was said through the whole thing.
2: That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Was EJ there with you guys?
1: Uh no Egypt well he may have been for a little bit yeah
2: he just sent you yeah, yeah. That's awesome.
1: it was cool because later on and and down the line we ended up I ended up uh, playing for Bill Clinton's uh birthday party we flew like flew out there private and it was just an acoustic gig and uh, me and Denny were standing in the back of the room and uh, we noticed there was a bunch of people standing there we we're just kind of standing there hanging out and all of a sudden this guy in the suit comes and goes, come with me, guys. We're like, oh, shoot, what do we do, you know? And so all of a sudden we walked in this room, and there's Bill Clinton standing there, and, they, and they're getting pictures. So me and Denny's just got up there and started taking – got a picture with him. You got a picture with Clinton? Yeah, I got a picture with Clinton. And it, it's so weird because if you look at the picture, it looks like a cardboard cutout, but it's really him. <laughs> <laughs> I asked him if he's, uh, I told him who we were and that we were playing for his party and stuff. And he was, oh, that's, you know, how Bill, yeah, that's great. And uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. Did <laughs> you bring your saxophone, you know?
2: right? No,
1: he didn't have it with him. But, but Chelsea that's was funny. there. And that's the same night that uh, Clarence Clemens was there. Sax player oh, first. I've seen a video of that before, I really t- I, Yeah, and that's when we were recording uh We are uh, getting ready to record the Dancehall Doctors record Right And uh, I asked him if he'd play blow some sax on it. He said yeah, and he gave me his number and said call me But he died But he <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's awful, man Well, I'm sorry about that I remember that happened and that was a sad occasion there When the big it man was. And
1: Paul Schaefer, Paul Schaefer was there too He was drunk
2: was he? Oh yeah, he was. Hammering. I remember. I remember someone told us, um, you you if if Paul is has sunglasses on and he's chewing gum, then he's stoned. I mean, it was something like that. And we walked up to him with Gumby, and um, we had Gumby when we used to ask him. You know, we asked people if you take a picture with Gumby. So we asked Paul, and he had his glasses on, and he had gum in his hand. And he's, we said, Will you hold Gumby, and he said, well, hold the, you hold my chicklets. And I think in the picture he has Gumby and so and one of us is holding his gum, so it was obvious whoever told us that was correct. So yeah, I believe it. He was hammered <laughs> that night. I don't know. Yep, we actually got Gumby on David Letterman's desk um, that day. Gumby was. Uh, he's been everywhere. Been everywhere. That might be a two or three part series there. I was looking through the pictures and some of the stuff's unbelievable. He got to do. We got Trisha Yearwood to hold Gumby. She yeah. thought that was really funny. <laughs> she did. Jeff Foxworthy, when I told him what we did, I said, we just, I asked him, I said, man, will you take a picture with Gumby? And he said, uh, I said, we take Gumby everywhere, and we take pictures of him everywhere. He's on TV. He just does everything we do. And he said, that is funny. He said, Gumby across America. Now, that's funny. <laughs> and I, got, and I got the picture of Jeff Foxworthy holding him. That's cool. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, man.
1: All right, it's time for Song of the Week. Week, 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 week. This week's song is called Honky Tonka Prude. It's written by Marty Brown, Bob Minner, me and Dave. And it's got some good old Marty Brown singing on it and some good old Bob Minner picking on it. Hope y'all enjoy it.
0: From the chicken wire stages to the one I'm on tonight. I've seen a lot of bar rooms, I've seen a lot of fights I know every hurting song From A to Z I've drank enough whiskey To sank a battleship Hey, life for me is just one long road trip So if you want to taste the hard stuff Baby, I got what you need Oh, yeah I'm rolling Honky tonka proof, guaranteed to blow your mind. If you want to run with me, it's gonna be a long, hard ride. Walker, oh, I got the scars, I got the tattoos, I'm road tested. Honky tonka proof. I'm a six string and three chord and cold hearted truth. Lord of six facts and a Cadillacs I've gone through. I drive all night to get there. The honky tonk all over you. I ride a Silver Eagle bus breathing toxic diesel fumes. I'm a jukebox on wheels filled with classic country tunes. Yeah, I was born to do what I do. I'm one of the chosen few. And I'm road-tested, honky-tonk-approved Guaranteed to blow your mind If you wanna run with me It's gonna be a long, hard ride Oh, girl I got the scars, I got the tattoos I'm road-tested Honky-tonk-approved I'm an outlaw, road dog, I'm a runaway train. Got a hundred bolts of neon running through my veins. Scars, I got the tattoos. I'm road tested, honky-tonk-a-fruit. I'm road tested, honey. honky tonk a USDA first grade choice certified.
1: So, what have you been doing, man? What have you been doing the last couple of weeks? I've,
2: I've been just uh hiding from germs you know oh i
1: i got i got you know when i got sick i i got tested i would go to the hospital and i got tested for the COVID. right and dude is that's no fun, it's the fun off? oh right up the nostril, man <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah, they the go the back in your skull no oh, they don't go in your brain they don't go in your nose they go right up in your brain bro. did you gag Oh no! Because no. he was like, "Try not to cough, because uh, if you have it, I don't want it." So <laughs> I'm like, uh, "Okay."
2: You should have a you know a shield in front of oh, him. Yeah. Okay. That stuff.
1: It, but it you know it came. It took like three days, and they tell you not to not to go nowhere, do nothing for three days till it comes right. back. But right. what they don't tell you is that they'll call you if you have it, but if you don't have it, they don't call you. Well, come right. Monday, I'm like, "Hey, I want to know. I ain't heard nothing, so right. I called. I called them, and they said it was negative.
2: But negative. Good deal. Yeah,
1: man. that's has I that's- got out of that one, at least.
2: Right. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I'm down there. Yep. So where else are we going today, man?
1: Well, I don't know. You know, Vince, were up in that, you know, Washington, New England, whatever area. Yeah. We did. You remember when we went to uh, Lake Placid? New York. Yes.
2: Absolutely. How could you where forget they,
1: that? Yeah, where they had the Winter Olympics. And they had still had the bobsled thing there. Right. <laughs> so we all decided to ride the bobsled. <laughs> and who did they put on a bobsled? Me, all the big Dave, Yeah, me, Dave, Lonnie, and then one little John Boy. John.
2: <laughs> it was four of us on a five-man bobsled. And where I they, think we there had there a, a guy driving. Yeah,
1: they had yep, a guy yep, driving.
2: Yeah, then we have a brakeman in the back. I think we did, man. Yeah, he was, was he was steering. Sixty started, miles an hour. We started very slow, and and yeah. the, the it was zigging and zagging. Remember the, the guy? They are zigging. They are zagging, man. It was by the time you go around the last few turns sideways, like you used to. Watch on the Olympics, on the Wild World of Sports. When he was a kid, all of a sudden you're in there, and that ice is right by your helmet. It was, it was fascinating. It was unbelievably crazy. Oh,
1: and that break, man, he was working hard with those big yeah. boys on there. He was <laughs> like, they I don't drove know if us, I
2: can stop it. They drove us right up the hill, turned to the left, and right into the back of the truck. Remember? It was yeah. It was cool, man. the Next thing you know, it things off driving it that, that back up the hill. Yeah.
1: You know what? I just got to think. Tim wasn't
2: there for that either, was he? No. Where was no. he at? He's missed out on a lot of good. Stuff. I think he was asleep on the bus on that one.
1: He could have been. He could have been. I think
2: he was. We was doing that uh, crazy Canada stuff in the winter, so it was cold, and I remember we had big coats. Remember they gave us those huge black, uh, black and yellow coats in Canada. Big. Yeah, they look like bumblebees. <laughs> yeah. All of us looked. All of us looked like bumblebees. Uh, you know. Once I brought that home, it's up in the attic. I don't think I've ever taken it off that hanger up there. It's not in Tennessee, man. It is not for Tennessee. No,
1: you know, I still got some show clothes that are sitting in my closet. I go, you got to be kidding me.
2: Did I really wear that? <laughs> man, remember, I used to bedazzle some stuff. I was good at that stuff, man. You had the scarf bedazzle thing going, I man. Did, I did. I was just bored. It was, you know, it was something to do. And, and I had done that, you know, in the 70s when – when you're a teenager and you go to the Tandy leather store and you get all those studs and, you know, put them around your jeans and your jacket, I'm like, this dude would look awesome on the stage, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, and I could just buy something cheap and make it my own by putting some crap on it. You know, it might look like I got it at Walmart, but, you know.
1: Hey, and you could you could wear it at the MTV Fashion Awards or
2: the VH1 <laughs> Was it VH1 or MTV? Uh, we did MTV. We did MTV Fashion Awards um, at Radio City Music Hall.
1: I, you know, it's funny. You know, you go to think about doing those things now. Oh yeah, we played the Fashion Awards, and then you look at what I wear now. and I'm thinking <laughs> they wouldn't let me in the back door. I
2: wonder what we wore that day. Because you know who I walked by that day huh. and nodded at him, and he nodded back at me. Uh, David David Bowie. Oh it wow. Was, it was unbelievable, and he was all handsome and and the fashion king had been, you know, our whole life. But he walked by so suave and debonair. It was it was unbelievable.
1: We well, you know we uh, we also pitched a song to uh, Nelly that day. Nelly, remember we had a song that we thought Nelly would
2: cut. What song was that? I, I don't know. I have to hunt, I have to hunt it up and find it. You know, he was going, what are these white boys talking about? It
1: was one that, it was one that John Ward helped us write or, or helped us mix. or he, I think it was me and you and John wrote it. Yeah, I can't even think of what that would be, man. I, have I, to, I can't either. I have to look it up. But, yeah, we
2: can call in
1: and tell us what it is. Maybe, yeah. Because I remember uh, Nelly was sitting down in the audience waiting for his turn, And we just said, man, let's just give him a tape. What's it going to hurt, you know? Yeah. Of course, he probably never listened to it, but, you know.
2: Remember when he hung out with us in in Vegas? and I can remember him saying, um, because it was all of us and Nelly and just one of his boys with him, and he was talking about how you know, we're all we're all sitting talking the same thing that him and his homies sit around and talk about. You know, he's like, this is the same thing as if it was my boys around his table. He's like, you all crazy and having fun, and, you know. Yeah, we were
1: playing. We're all at a blackjack table. We're, blackjack we're paper, all playing man. blackjack at a private table. And I remember he, he ran out of money. Yeah. He ran <laughs> he out of money. I think he bought card.
2: he, he, he had a pocket full of cards. He said, try this one. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I think he ended up having to borrow some from Tim or
2: something. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, man. Well, they kicked that over and over again song and made him plenty of money.
1: Uh, I bet. I bet. Yeah. We never, we never seen none of that, but of course we
2: didn't. Nope. On that. It would have nothing to do with that one.
1: No, that wasn't us. That was <laughs> that was BS before
2: us, right or during us. I think we was maybe may I think we was recording him, but he'd pop off and did that Def Leppard one too. Same thing. Man, you know, I was thinking, I was wondering, you remember when um, we would always call ourselves the Bastard Sons of Country Music? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So so how did that come about? That was there when I got there.
1: You know, it's so funny. You know, here's a story. Once upon a time, there was eight guys. (laughs) I didn't know any better but to have a bunch of fun. So what they did is go out and played some music, had fun did everything they weren't supposed to, uh, did everything everybody told them not to do. And uh, we were always the, seemed like we were the underdogs, you know, like we'd come in. I don't know if we were really that way, but I think we were made ourselves out to be that way. It's like, well, this is our excuse for screwing up.
2: Right.
1: We don't know any better. So we're just, we're just going to go out and have a good time. We're a honky tonk band. And then, and then, Da, 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 da. Let's cut an album. So everything got real serious then, you know. And so, right. we we were all scared to death when we went to cut that first record, but we couldn't show it. You know what I mean? We had right. to act like we were hard, hard butts, hard asses. And, uh, you
2: mean the all doctor record?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we really w- did. We didn't know what we were doing. We 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 were all. I mean, I was. I was like, I don't. You know. I mean, I played on sessions, but nothing
2: nothing like that. You know, remember there was kind of a storm brewing around it because I can remember we went to the warehouse and had a meeting, I think in December. It was like Christmas time. And um, Mark Hurt, I believe, he said, uh, somebody said, you know, Tim keeps talking about this album. Is, you know, are we going to do this? And I remember him, might have been someone else saying, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And two weeks later, you're getting a call that says, you know, this is about, this is how this is going to happen. You know, yeah. And man, he had defied all odds and went against all advice. And here we uh-huh. go.
1: You know, it's funny. Cause I remember it was during when, when I, me and Lonnie had that broken spoke club there in Nashville and we did a lot of stuff there. And, and, uh, I remember it was one of the nights that we had, that Tim had come out to the club there and said, in. he would come in and you know, the band would play and he would sit in what well, you've seen there many times. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I remember that night he says, uh, uh, man, I want to record this album. I want it to sound live. Like we do live. I want you to produce on it. And at that right. time it was, it was him, Byron Gallimore, and James Stroud that were producers on his records. And, and he goes, I want you to take James's place. I says, well, how's James going to feel about this? You know, and <laughs> he was like, I don't know.
2: Uh, we're hey, we're going to cut there yet.
1: No, so, and I said, well, I said, the only thing is, is if you really want me to do this, I want to actually learn, learn how to do it and work, actually do some work on it, producing, you know, because I I didn't even know what producing meant really, you know?
2: Right, right.
1: Yeah, I still don't really, but.
2: uh, (laughs) That's part of it is just getting in there and acting like, you know, I mean, you just got to listen, man, and and say what you have to learn how to say what you feel, what's coming out of you. I,
1: you know what I found out? I found out that uh, the musicians are really the ones that make the records. You know, I mean, right. it's not one guy up there going, okay, play this and play that. And, you uh, know, that's not right. Or, don't play this and don't play that. They, The producer, he has to keep reins on things, you know, and keep right. things moving but it's the musicians are coming up with all those great ideas. And- I
2: always thought you did well at that, man. I, I mean, you're just coaching and everybody you allowed everybody to police their themselves a lot. You know, you know why? You know why? Because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you but You know, what was great is you had a bunch of great guys around you who jailed oh, yeah. well together. Yeah. You know? And we would all even almost police each other, you know?
1: Yeah, I think I think the best thing is is knowing when to just shut up and let them do their thing, you know.
2: Right, right.
1: Because chances are, um, somebody like Jeffy Mann who plays piano is going to come up with a cooler part than what you can even what you think own. of in your head. Yeah, because you don't right. play that instrument, you know.
2: Right, exactly. But anyway, did we get off the beaten path here? Well, not really. You know where? I, what else? I was going to tie something into that. Bastard Sons of Country Music. So if you remember um, when they did a song, uh, Murder on Music Row? Yeah. Uh-huh. And it was George Strait and Alan Jackson, right? And that song was was big. And it wasn't like Tim had recorded a song to buck that or anything, but we had did the song Things Change, right? Right, right. And it right. never was released as a single, but somehow it pops out on the chart. I can't remember if it was after the CMAs, uh, but – But we played it on the CMAs. And what was crazy that night is that night um, Murder on Music Row won an award, maybe single or something. I don't know what it was, but they played it and they got a standing ovation. And, you know, it was like and the song referenced um, 16th Avenue, how pop music was coming into country and kind of killing it. And that's what the song was around. So we come in and do a song called Things Change about an hour later. And man, there was something electric about that. If you remember that performance, man, they were standing up before we was finished. You know, oh, yeah, and it, yeah. just, it was almost like an answer back to Murder on Music Road. wasn't meant to be; it just kind of happened that way. But I remember walking out of there thinking, like, well, if we was ever rebels, it was that that moment, that song. It said, uh, "Some say it's some say it's country, some say it's rock and roll, but if it's good music, you can feel it in your soul." You know, and that and that song said a lot. And it spoke about Elvis getting kicked off the Opry and, you know, all these great things that it just, it's just like, it's going to change. It's coming whether you like it or not.
1: Yeah. You yeah. know what I remember about that night is that, uh, um, do you remember when we started that song? Uh, we had pyro. It went boom at the beginning of it. And it like I it scared the crap out of like all those guys up in front. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and they was all, George and everybody was yeah, up front. I remember. That, man.
1: And, uh, and that was Brian. always
2: the best part of, uh, of doing those shows is during the rehearsals, you saw the cardboard cutouts of the head, the heads and where they're going to sit. Remember, we used to sit and go, oh, right there, there's going to be Dolly and there will be George and, you know. Yeah, that
1: was, <laughs> it was, I don't remember that night. That, you know, that, that night and, and the night that uh, Live Like You Were Dying won the CMA. And I had to get up there for the first time in my life and give a – never thought I'd ever have to do that, giving acceptance speech, And I forgot to thank the band. I forgot <laughs> to thank the band. Was that ended, behind oh. you?
2: Because we got to go up once. I remember once I went up with everybody. Is yeah. that the same
1: yeah. No, that's, this night was just me and Byron and Tim.
2: I and remember. The that.
1: very first, yeah, and I, I thank my mom and I thank my wife. I thank, you know, my daughters. And I'm like, and I was walking off and Tim handed me the card that they, you know, give you, you know, that says your name on it. And right. he, and I said, Tim, I forgot to thank the band. He goes, Oh, you're you're gonna catch hell, you're gonna catch hell. <laughs> and first thing I walked back to the bus and Billy Mason goes, Hmm, he just looked at <laughs> me
2: like and I'm thinking, Oh man. You know Billy gonna call you on it. Oh I know. <laughs>
1: And so the, the next time when we won the ACM, uh, first thing I thought in my mind, first thing I get up there, uh, and Tim goes, go ahead to talk. And I go,
2: I want to thank the band. <laughs> <laughs> get that out of the way. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, but that's that's what I was – I've always wondered how that started, how that moniker. And we kind of would pull it out whenever someone would push against us and go, you guys can't do that. You know, we're like, oh, yes, we can. And the more we did that, the, you know, the braver we got. <laughs> you well, know? yeah, and, and it's also awesome because, you know,
1: we went out there and uh, when we were on those shows where, you know, there was three acts and we were like the middle or the or the first act, right. by the time the tour ended, we were the last act,
2: you know? <laughs> right. That happened with uh, Black Hawk in Little Texas, yeah. Yeah,
1: sure did. And, you know, I mean, it's just because – for for the longest time, it was because we were just didn't know what we were doing. We were just having fun. And when we, and we, we, we emoted that to the crowd and made the crowd have fun. And that's, you know, and the thing, the dance hall doctors thing, you know, that's really all Tim's doing it. You know, the, the, the band being so popular was all Tim's doing, you know,
2: allowing it.
1: Yeah. I mean, and and pushing it, pushing it. Yeah. He said, you know, Now that you guys are in the book, you know, the albums, the TV, all this, I want you all to start acting like your stars, just like every other star. Dressing like your stars, acting like your stars, you know,
2: (laughs) which is tough for us. It was because we usually looked like the truck drivers all day long. I I know.
1: know? Yeah, yeah, we usually hang with the truck
2: drivers. (laughs) I can remember coming out, you know, dressed. You know, putting all your fancy clothes on and, and walking out and during the day, you know, I probably gave the security guy a banana and a magazine or, you know, walking yeah. out of the board back there and you take them water and say, I've even pulled a chair up and talked to grandma who's back there, you know, and then you put your clothes on and walk out and they're like, you're in the band. I can't, <laughs> <laughs> you can't sit down with us today. Sure. Yes, sure. I'll enjoy you. You're like my grandma. I'm going to come and have a little home conversation with you. It's good for the soul. What
1: do you think? You think uh, we're getting to the point where we start having some
2: guests on here sometime? Yeah, I think um, I think it's time to maybe uh, go through a little band guys and get those guys in a little bit, and then maybe we can branch out to um, you know other people that maybe get Trump on here. And- <laughs> <laughs> you say the right things, he might pop up on here, you know. How Trump,
1: he is. And <laughs> Trump and Biden, Trump and Biden. Just so you know, I don't have a preference here. Don't, don't tell, send me any bad messages. Or right? Cause right. we're so anti, we're so anti-political and anti-negative that we don't even care. We're having fun here.
2: Right. We're just the positive tip.
1: You know, um, a lot of people are listening to this podcast. I can't believe it. You know, that people are
2: interested in this stuff.
1: I, know, I, I think it's
2: killer. I think so too. And we've got wonderful messages from people. Um, from across, from nineteen-year-olds hanging out with my son, who told who told Logan them, I think he said, uh, "I remember when I was a kid and the dance hall doctors reigned," or you know, he said some kind of stuff, kind of stuff like that, you know. But I, I love the podcast. I don't know if that's
1: make makes us feel old or just. I think we ought to call it vintage.
2: Vintage. That that feels better because I already feel. Better.
1: I I know. I say this every time, but you know, Dave, they can catch this. On this podcast, wherever you get your podcast now, I guess it's everywhere. You know, Spotify, Breaker, Podca- Pocket Cast, Overcast. I think Overcast is part of iTunes, Apple, Apple iTunes. Is it? Uh, oh, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, right. and then of course on Anchor and uh, Radio Public, Public, and uh, Castbox and uh, Castbox. Yeah, Castbox.
2: A lot of casting going on. I think I'll go over here and sit on the couch and cast myself.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, cast on my brother. (laughs) (laughs) Go cast yourself. (laughs) Uh, I don't, you know, it's so funny. I mean, you know, what's funny about this podcast is that I have never, ever listened to a podcast before. Before we start doing this, I never listened to them. I don't know why. I, I have been told about them and stuff, you know, Right. But I never, never listen to them, and, and uh, there's some good podcasts out there.
2: You have to fit. It's like going fishing, man. You got to really turn it on, and you know, if it holds you, it holds you. If if it doesn't, you move on to something yeah, else.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's pretty cool to be able to do it. Maybe we'll uh once get, once we get this website cranking and and everything, we'll have some video up too and some other things.
2: Start at you know even like today um. Your acceptance speech and all the stuff we talked about—you can find most of these things on Google or on YouTube. You know, you really can. We played without John. You can still go back and find that stuff. You
1: know, you know some people sometimes they they send you, they'll send you a link to something that you hadn't seen in a long time. I think that's really really cool. They've right. done that when we did Live Eight in, in uh, Italy. I just watched.
2: I just watched us with faith at Live Eight. I hadn't seen that in a long time. It was breathe, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I hate. To, I hate to ask, but who was the guitar players who went with us? Dan Huff. Dan
1: Huff was. He's
2: also. Well, yeah, I thought that's
1: who it was. Which, which is, he's like the ultra god guitar player of the world. So it was weird. He was playing acoustic. I was playing electric, and he could just
2: blow me away. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I,
1: I guess he's thinking, well, it's a free trip to Rome. You know, I'm not gonna pass this up, you
2: know? right? Stay for a week in Rome, and, and
1: plus, he's such a nice, hum- humble guy. But what a great player!
2: Yeah, unbelievable. That was a nice experience.
1: Yeah, I think he produced some of Faith's stuff too.
2: I think so. And that's when Mississippi Girl just hit big. And um, I think he was he had produced it, that's probably why he was there. Speaking of Mississippi Girl. Um, didn't Adam write that?
1: Um, no. Well, I don't know if he wrote it. I know he played on it. it I I know it was, uh, uh, the guy from Big and Rich, uh, John Rich
2: wrote. Oh, really? Well, if he wrote it with anybody, it might be Adam. We got to get Adam on. We got to invite Adam on, man. That'd be great.
1: I don't think that'd be, that'd be a, I think that'd be a first for
2: a podcast ever
1: to have the guy on that took your place
2: in the gig. Yeah, that's amazing. I've never seen that interviewed
1: by the guy that used to
2: have <laughs> <laughs> And and there'd be no violence. I mean it's No. Thing. It's actually a lot of love. love 'cause um There's if, a lot of love. if you remember we used to sit out in the parking lot with the big and rich tour and just watch people walking. He would bring a chair and a beer and come sit with us all the time. Hey, you I
1: know? supplied I supplied Adam with
2: an endless amount of cigarettes. Did you oh yeah. <laughs> Man, was that tour something! I remember you and I sitting in the bus, um, and we're watching TV in the middle of the day. You know, not fat back. And and the first show day, they pull up, and man, they're excited. They're going. You know, they're opening up for Tim McGraw outside amphitheaters, summertime, perfect, big and rich setting. You know, and they get off the bus, and they're just they're already. It's three thirty, and they're already hammering down. They got two foot Fred running around. They got <laughs> cowboy Troy. We have, you know, the circus has come to town. And uh, I rem- I remember you looking out the window, just looking at it, watching it all go down. And, and, and uh, you looked there at me and you said, Man, I remember my first rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Yep. You know,
1: You remember remember the gorge up in Washington State? Oh, how could
2: I forget that place? Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful,
1: just beautiful place outside on the gorge there. And Vegan Rich opened up for us there one time, and they had a huge campground that was on the other side of it. So as we were leaving, uh, Big Big Kenny, it was like he was leading. It was like the Pied Piper.
2: He was. I remember us seeing it out the window. It was fascinating.
1: Had his guitar. People were like holding torches, and
2: they were all Wasn't a big circle of people around him too. I mean, yeah, and they were like, all marching to the
1: campground. You know, right? The circle
2: was moving in unison together. It was a beautiful thing. It yeah. was a
1: beautiful thing, and you know that's when I truly know what he meant by
2: love everybody. Love everybody. He tried to love everybody. He included them. Yeah, they was fun. They was fun to do that with. Well, man. We got the fifth one
1: in. What do you think?
2: We got it there, huh? Well, I think it's perfect, man. It'd be well, time to move on to number six. Well,
1: I think so. And I think maybe next time we'll uh, add some boys, or maybe we'll go to the West Coast and talk about our good times in Cali and. There's plenty to talk about there. Seattle and and Vegas, Vegas, yeah. Tahoe. Well, thanks everybody for uh, thanks thanks everybody for listening and and the support, and uh, we're going to have some, some other people on. You know who you are because we've already been hitting you up. So Prepping you. <laughs> yeah. So, Dave, until next time, love you, brother.
2: Love you too, my man. Adios, peoples. Bye-bye. We would ride our bus town to town. Everybody was a-getting down. I it up and do it all again. Hillbilly has been. Now, the days of old have come to pass. Even though we was kicking ass. We love the fans, but we need some friends. Hillbilly has been.